everyone, Jenna here, and while we are on summer break, we are going to bring you episodes from a few other podcasts that we think you might enjoy, starting with a new show called The Pledge, which profiles people who are committed to actively engaging in our democracy. They've made a pledge, so to speak. The first season features stories of women in Alabama, and today we're going to share with you the story of Ani Williams, a resident of one of Birmingham's poorest neighborhoods who regularly goes everywhere from barbershops to strip clubs to talk with people about what's happening in the community and what their rights are as citizens. And, you know, listening to the pledge really made me hearken back to some of the reasons why we started Democracy Works. If you recall, our name comes from Pennsylvania's tradition of ironworks and steelworks and people coming together to build something that's greater than the sum of its parts. And the story of Ani and the others that are in this show really are examples of what that looks like in action. So uh, I found it to be uh, very inspiring, and I, I hope that you will too. You can find new episodes of The Pledge at thepledgepodcast.com or by searching The Pledge wherever you listen to podcasts. So thank you to producer Allison Daskal-Hausman for sharing this episode with us, and we hope you enjoy The Pledge. What does pledging allegiance really mean? It's more than just words. It's taking responsibility. It's getting involved in our democracy. This is what democracy looks like. I'm Allison Daskal Hausman, and this is The Pledge. It's a podcast profiling people who have pledged to engage in our democracy. Why am I doing this work? Because I am their voice. I am the one that's making waves and pushing agendas and asking questions and starting to make people accountable so that they can stop running these games around us and over us and through us. Listen to the pledge. Be inspired and get involved. I benefit from the system. The system that privileges white people and favors those who come from so-called nice neighborhoods and good colleges. Sometimes it's tempting to not look too far beyond my own experience. But pledging to be more engaged with this country means looking beyond myself and expanding my comfort zone. That's what led me to Alabama and to Ani Williams. Ani not only chooses to see the injustice and struggles around her, she devotes her life to trying to make things better. She lives in the Smithfield neighborhood of Birmingham, a predominantly African-American neighborhood with a deep civil rights history. It's also known as Dynamite Hill because it was regularly bombed by segregationists in the late 1940s through the 60s. I met Ani at the Smithfield Branch Library in Birmingham. She told me home ownership has always been important to her family. When my grandmother said that's the house she wanted, the story goes that the bank and the realtor proceeded to redline them so they couldn't get a mortgage. 
But my grandfather had a saying, if you can't pay cash for it, you don't need it. And they called him Cash Money Walker. Cash Money Walker was ready to outsmart the Florida realtors. He knew white realtors and bankers systematically sabotaged home ownership for black people, but he was prepared. He didn't need a loan. My grandfather said there's no need. He popped the trunk of his car and they proceeded to pull out 20 brown paper bags full of cash. And they paid for the house in 20s, 10s, 5s, 1s, quarters, nickels, dimes, and pennies. Growing up, Ani heard this story over and over again. It was her grandfather's legacy, and nearly 70 years later, it inspired her to buy a home she could afford with cash. She took me to see it. That's my house I bought, and that property next to where I bought it. But yeah, that's my $13,000 house. Wow. <laughs> $13,000. Ani's house is made of brick. Its single-story, three-bedroom, has a big screened-in porch and a couple of rose bushes planted in the front yard. She spent a year fixing it up before she and her two kids moved in. It keeps a roof over my head. I can sleep at night. And I'm free. I'm not slave to if they fire me. If they do, okay, McDonald's is hiring. I just got a light bill to pay. Ani is a single mom who works full-time analyzing health insurance claims. She says the house is a good investment, but her sister didn't agree. Ani and her kids were living with her sister in Helena before they moved. Helena is a predominantly white suburb of Birmingham. When I told my sister I was moving to Smithfield, it was to her dismay. She was like, that's the roughest part of town you could possibly go to. And I was like, where we're going to go anyway. <laughs> it was a big adjustment, especially for her kids. Some things are glaring to them. My son made comments about just how imbalanced it is. You know, when he was out in Helena, the football team had Nike gear and they had the cleats and the bags and the this and the that, all of it given to them by the school for the football team. Down here, they barely have equipment to work out on. There's not even a school bus. But when we talk on the phone, Ani says in Helena, her children were learning white privilege. And now they've experienced life without that privilege. What people don't always understand is when African-Americans move into all white communities, White privilege is just something that's naturally taught in those spaces. And so the children just naturally learn it, not understanding that those privileges do not extend to them. And that once they're out of that particular environment, if they try to conduct themselves in that manner, as they have been taught, it can get them killed. So for my children, it was important for me to allow them to see what life really is for them and kind of shatter that utopia. Ani also wants to shatter people's fears. People tell me, you live where? I hear that all the time. 
ooh, it's dangerous down there. And I look at him. Are you scared of me? Are you scared of your third grade teacher? Are you scared of the cardiac nurse that helped your dad? Are you scared of the cafeteria lady? That's who lives in my neighborhood. When you stop allowing people to implant fear about everything that surrounds you, then you look at things differently. Annie says living in a place where there are glaring inequalities motivates her to be more than just a homeowner. It just calls you to action. Because then you understand that some people will never experience life outside of that. So Ani watches, notes studies, the city council on TV. And she monitors where money is and isn't allocated. For example, a new open-air sports stadium is being built in a neighboring community. While in her neighborhood, there's not even a place to buy fresh fruits and vegetables. We don't have a grocery store. Um, our food options are the corner store, Family Dollar, or Dollar General. And then the one grocery store that we have that's on this side of town, um, they price gouge. And the quality of the products is nothing to go in there and see most of the produce rotten. And another thing Ani says is that emergency services ignores her community. It took them 45 minutes to respond after a man was shot, even though there's a fire department four blocks away. It pissed Ani off. I started sounding off on my sister. I would call her and just be in these outrages about what has happened at the city council and what they're doing. And she was like, so what you going to do? Ani says her sister's question fired her up. She started volunteering with Faith in Action Alabama an organization that fights racism, systemic injustice, and works to make neighborhoods like hers safer. Then I started just approaching people because what I found is a lot of people had no idea what was going on until I told them the situation. They were like, oh, that's not right. One place Ani goes to talk with people are local barbershops. She says it's a great place to find people because everyone needs to get a haircut. Sometimes she sees judges and city council members, but that's not who she's seeking out. She really wants to talk to the men who aren't politically engaged. And we're just talking about what's going on. Hey, can you explain to me about this? So explain to them about the bills how things get passed, about local government, things that they're voting on for the agenda for the city council. What does it mean? Who is this person? Starting those conversations and getting their feedback. At the barbershop cutting edge, it felt like a big living room. The TV was on, and lots of folks were sitting, chatting, waiting for their turn. Shaq is one of the barbers. He spent a lot of time talking to Ani. You know, she bring our attention to what's really going on and, you know, try to be active in the community, better the community, stuff like that. 
But we ain't as active as we should be, but she, she be on us. She talk to everybody and everybody know her. Ani tells me that some of the men in this shop are overlooked as constituents because they spent time in prison. Alabama doesn't allow most people with felony convictions to vote. Society has stripped them and convinced them they don't have a right to say anything about the conditions in which them and their families and children are living in. But they do. And society has told them they don't have a right to hold these people accountable, but they do. So although they might not be able to cast a vote, they can influence the vote. Because they've all got a voice. They can get the information and share it with their girlfriends. They might have two or three girlfriends. I need you to share it with every last one of them. You have the ability to affect the vote. I need you to use it. Ani's an activist, the mother of two and a foster mother, and she has a full-time job. She's one of the few parents around who works from home, so she often helps out her neighbors. I drive kids to school all the time. When my daughter was home sick with the flu, I still had to get up every day and drive kids to school. She sees firsthand the kind of challenges people in her community face. If you're a single parent trying to keep the lights on, working in the domestics or in some of the other, you know, low to moderate income jobs, you don't really have time to fight or keep up with what's going on. You're just trying to make ends meet. You don't know that on the other side of town, the kids have a bus stop every three houses. You're just trying to figure out if you got enough money to have a taxi, take your kids to school every day. And if not, they have to stay home. Ani fits everything in. Besides her weekly visits to the barber shop, she attends a Take Back the Night from Gun Violence walk with a group of pastors every week. She also is working with the mayor's office to develop an anti-gun violence plan. And she's raising money to fight illiteracy. She says it's important to understand what community disinvestment looks like and how it plays into every aspect of life. And that's why she says she does what she does. And sometimes I wonder, you don't have to do this. You can go somewhere and make a whole lot more money and live a lot more cushier. But that's what everybody else has done and that's why it is the way it is. Who's speaking up? Who's telling their stories? If God is giving you so much grace and giving you so much mercy, you're gonna squander it? No. We can't squander it. Ani definitely won't. Because I am their voice. I am the one that's making waves and pushing 
agendas and asking questions and showing up and starting to make people accountable for and shining a light on what they're not telling us so they they can stop running these games around us and over us and through us. And when that happens, Ani says, the story will change. You have to show people that they can create their own narrative. That their narrative doesn't have to be handed to them. What I figured out is when people see you creating your own narrative, then they start wanting to create their own narrative and that they can write a story and that it's possible for them to write a story. And they might write a better story than what you write. I am grateful to Ani for the time she spent telling me about her work, showing me her neighborhood, and taking me to meet Shaq at Cutting Edge. Thank you for sharing your world with me, Ani. In the next episode, we meet Ashley Smith. Ashley is a young attorney who grew up in Montgomery and became the first African-American woman candidate to run for judge in her home county. I talked to Ashley about why she ran, all that she learned, and how she plans to continue to fight to make her community better. Thank you for listening to The Pledge. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. And share this with all your friends. We're also looking for stories. Have you pledged to engage in your community? Do you have a friend or relative we should meet? Send a voice memo with your story to thepledgepodcast at gmail.com. And check out our Facebook page and our website, thepledgepodcast.com. Until next time, stay strong and stick with your pledge.